Welcome back to the show. Thanks for joining me today at the table. So this episode, we're going to continue to talk about our journey into cooking, but we're going to kind of break down the thought process, the feelings and the emotions behind that. Okay, so first things first, do you remember the first time you tried to cook something? And I don't mean like popping a bag of popcorn in the microwave or making a PB&J or something like that. I mean, like legitimately cooking something. I think my earliest memory of that would be whenever my dad and I would do like skillet sensations, which was this frozen bag that you would get from the store and you would basically just put it in a skillet, turn it on medium high heat, bring it to a boil and then or not a boil, but like, you know, you'd heat it up and then you'd cover it and let it sit. And I loved those. Those are some of my favorite things to eat because whenever my parents divorced, and it was just my dad and I, you know, my mom was always the big cook in the family. So if dad wasn't grilling something, we kind of had to get creative on what we were doing. And we found these in the frozen section and they just became a staple in our household. And to this day, I still love skillet sensations. I just make my own. So when was the first time you remember cooking something? Did you help maybe your grandma, your mom, your dad, or anybody in your life that loves cooking? Was that kind of your introduction? Or did you see videos on YouTube or, you know, on the Food Network channel? Or did you go to a friend's house and you saw their parents cooking something? What really like inspired you to get into a cooking journey or even just cooking in general? Maybe you're already been on this journey. You've been cooking and you are a pro at it. And you're listening to this podcast because you love cooking and you love the connection that food brings to people. And if that is the case, thank you so much for being here. But I just want you to think about how you feel when you cook or when you're around people who also love to cook. Do you feel nervous when you're about to do a big meal? Do you feel excited? Are you just, you know, waiting whenever people go to bite into the food that you make to see what their reactions are? I know for me, like that's one of the biggest things that I get from cooking is when my friends come over I make something for them and they're like, yeah, this is awesome. Like that brings me so much joy. And that's the kind of joy that I want to have in my life. I want that to go into all the different areas of my life. I want to bring that joy into everything that I do, whether it's, you know, working at the radio station, working at the yoga studio with my friends and my family. I want to have that joy of just feeling so satisfied and content with whatever it is that I've made for these people or given to them or, you know, experienced with them. Because that's a big thing when it comes to cooking is it's an experience and it's experience to make food. It's an experience to to try new things. And I always love the saying to savor something, (sighs) to savor it. Mm, That's the best. We are going to talk about the feelings behind cooking today. And I do just want to be very, very clear, guys. When it comes to cooking, you've got to come to it with an open mind. You can't be overthinking everything. We want to keep ourselves in the kitchen. We want to feel that motivation whenever we make something that someone else enjoy. We don't want to kind of have like a black cloud over it. Of course, unless it's a stir fry. <laughs> then obviously, like, I mean, come on. we've That was something I actually covered in the first episode, my story of the terrible stir fry. So like I said, don't overthink it. Don't overcomplicate things because if there's one particular phrase my dad always says to me, it's over analysis leads to paralysis. 
And I think that a lot of folks, especially if you're somebody who has what I like to call a squirrel brain, where you like walk into a room and you forget what you came into that room for. Or if you're in the midst of cleaning something and you go into another room and you're like, whoa, 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 that needs to be cleaned too. So then you stop what you're doing. And the next thing you know, it's the end of the day and you never got done that initial thing that you wanted to do. So take this thought process into your cooking style, right? Don't overcomplicate things, especially if you're just starting out or if you're somebody who's just trying to make home-cooked meals. We don't want to overcomplicate stuff. So like I said, whenever you're starting out, don't overanalyze. For instance, if you are coming here and you're like, Taylor, I want to feel motivated to get back in the kitchen. Don't sit here and tell me that you're going to make homemade pasta every time you go to make a pasta dish. Like, that's just unrealistic, I feel. Unless you are somebody who maybe has a lot of extra time. That's not me, honey. That is not me. I will get the boxed pasta or the bagged pasta before I make my own homemade pasta. And I know homemade pasta tastes better, but that's not the point here. The point here is we want healthy, home-cooked meals that we enjoy I said healthy, but it doesn't always have to be healthy, okay? But we want some sort of home-cooked meal. We want to be able to come back to the kitchen without feeling so overwhelmed. So start simple. Boxed mac and cheese, spaghetti. Honestly, if there's any recipe out there that's easy peasy, lemon squeezy, it is spaghetti. I feel like that's one that you can't mess up unless you're somebody who puts a lot of sugar in their spaghetti. Look, I know a lot of people do it to combat the acidity, but I ain't the one. I will not put sugar in my spaghetti ever Sorry, not sorry. But if you start small and accomplish small feats, it can give you motivation to accomplishing more. Have you ever heard of the snowball method? Yeah, we'll talk about that in a moment. We'll be right back after this break. Be sure to check out our great podcast on hefepods.com. That's spelled J-E-F-E pods.com. You'll find an ever-growing selection of shows, some of which are hosted by your favorite radio personalities. From popular English language shows to the hard-to-find Spanish language shows. Check out the newest episodes of the Haunting or Not podcast and more. They can all be found at hefepods.com. That's J-E-F-E pods.com. And be sure to tell a friend or two or three. And we're back. So the snowball method. If you are somebody who has been on a finance journey, you probably have heard of this. If you're somebody who has never been in debt, you've probably never heard of it. So the snowball method is basically the idea that if you pay off smaller bits of debt, that motivates you to paying off bigger debt. Whenever I think about taking the snowball method and applying it to the cooking world, the idea is to start small and really hone in on those skills, right? Those simple skills. So for instance, if you're making, let's say chicken Alfredo, if you are new to this game, all right, you want to do your boxed pasta, you can get raw chicken if you want, or you can just buy rotisserie chicken and debone it. You can buy the pre-cooked chicken if that's something you're interested in. You can buy a frozen bag of vegetables and you can grab a can of whatever your favorite Alfredo sauce is or a jar of it. Okay. And bada bing, bada boom. You don't have to make homemade Alfredo sauce, homemade pasta, you know, cook your chicken, whatever you have to do to get peas out. I don't know. Whatever it is that you feel like you have to do, take that out. There's no 
what's the word I'm saying? Like rule book when it comes to starting out with cooking. So starting off small, starting off simple, and then kind of going from there. So maybe the next time you make chicken Alfredo, instead of buying the jarred the jarred sauce, you'll make your own. Maybe instead of doing rotisserie chicken, you slow cook the chicken, you bake the chicken. There's a whole bunch of different things that you can keep doing each time you come back to your cooking journey. It doesn't have to go all out, pedal to the metal, right out the gate. Okay, you can kind of start small and then as you feel more confident and more comfortable adding in those other things. Same idea with the snowball method here, guys. With that being said, let's get into some actual recipes. So if you're somebody like me, super busy, don't have a ton of time, or maybe you do have a lot of time when you get off work, but your mood and your motivation changes throughout the day. I believe there's some sort of test out there that you can take that kind of tells you when you're the best at working. Some people, it's the morning. Sometimes it's mid-afternoon. Some people, it's late at night. And that is the time when your brain is just more creative, more motivated to doing stuff, and more disciplined, I think is another word to say, because a lot of people think that you have to have motivation constantly. But to me, I really think it's a discipline. You know, you're especially if you're somebody who's going to the gym, right? Not every day you're going to feel motivated to go to the gym. But if you're disciplined enough, you'll get your butt in there every single day or whenever it is that you're planning to go. Whenever I first started cooking, it was always really big for me to have different sections of a meal done. Okay, so whenever you lay out your recipe, you want to think about the things that are going to take the longest to cook. Right. So if you're working with any kind of raw meat, that's probably going to want to be cooked first, unless it's something like shrimp. Right. That takes less than like two minutes to cook. But things like chicken. okay, you want to make sure you have a plan with that. If I'm going to bake my chicken for the meal, I need to make sure I go ahead and get that done and get that in the oven. If I know I'm going to be making homemade mashed potatoes, I need to go ahead and get my potatoes boiling or however it is you plan on cooking those to make the mashed potatoes. So really reading through the recipe first, making sure that you know, okay, I have this I need to get done. I have this kind of time etc, etc, and then accomplishing those things versus trying to start 10 different things at once. That can get a lot hairy. It can get really hairy at that point. And the next thing you know, you've burnt the pasta or something else has happened. Okay, so starting off really easy. And the easiest thing I can say, and I cannot stress this enough, is a slow cooker. Let me tell you, if you are starting out on a journey, there is nothing easier than a barbecue chicken sandwich. Okay, I'm going to give it to you right now. You're going to want some sort of boneless, skinless chicken breast. I don't care if they're already cut. I don't care if they're major breast, small breast, whatever. You're going to put those in a slow cooker and you get to decide, right? Either four hours on high or six to eight hours on low, depending on how much you've put in there. Now, if you're sitting there with a whole big Big old packet of chicken breast. Obviously, the more in there, the longer you're going to have to cook it. All right. But that's the easiest thing. Pop the chicken in the slow cooker. Leave it. Set it and forget it. Once it's done, you're going to come back. You're going to shred it in the crock pot. Now, if there's a lot of juices, you can take it out, drain it, whatever. I just leave them. You're going to shred the chicken and then add whatever barbecue sauce you prefer. Pop that bad boy in there. You can add as much as you like. If you're a saucy kind of girly, maybe, or man, I shouldn't just say girly, okay? Because obviously men are going to be listening to this too. But (laughs) uh, feel free to put whatever kind of barbecue sauce you prefer in it and then leave it. 
Give it another 20 minutes just to let it all marinate, right? And then you can take your bun out, pop a little bit of shredded barbecue chicken on there. Bada bing, bada boom, done. If you're somebody that needs a side, of course, you can just do the chips. You can do a frozen veggie. And that is probably like the easiest recipe known to man. And it's one of the most versatile You could add a packet of ranch, some cream cheese, and make it kind of like a ranchy chicken. That's also known as cracked chicken, which we'll talk about that in another episode. Uh, Barbecue chicken, I think, is the easiest for me just because it's something that you could do a lot with. Okay, You could do barbecue chicken wraps, sandwiches. You could do a quesadilla, different things like that. Or if you're somebody who maybe has some sort of frozen potato, you can also top it. Okay, There's lots of different things you can do with a slow cooker chicken. What I like to do is just do a kind of a basic recipe without any sauce, just kind of have my regular seasonings in there, salt, pepper, garlic powder, and then I can add whatever I want to it or variations, right? So throughout the week, I can use it for maybe a quesadilla here, maybe on a chicken salad here and all of that. So finding out what you really want to make, what kind of time you have and applying that, right? Don't overthink it. Don't overcomplicate things. Just get it done. So one of my favorite things to do while cooking is to listen to audiobooks. Now, if you're somebody who's not into audiobooks, totally get it. Find a podcast like this one or maybe some of your favorite music. Having something on in the background just to kind of give you that vibe. And if you're somebody who's maybe like, Taylor, I cannot... I cannot try to listen to something while I'm cooking. And if that is the case, then maybe put on something that's like a lo-fi beat or instrumental, and that could totally help. And maybe you're just somebody who likes silence. And if that's the case, you do you. And that is a big thing that I like to just apply in my life is you do you. It is what it is. Some things you just can't control. And there's a lot of people out there that you can't control. And I promise you, you will ease a lot of your suffering if you stop trying to force things that don't want to be forced or just taking a step back and being like, why am I doing this? Why do I want this? Asking yourself your why and really challenging yourself to stick with your why. Things can change. We have differences of opinions and we get new information every day, every second. And we would be doing ourselves a disservice if we didn't take in this new information and applying it to whatever we have going on. The best example I can have for that is you have stuff you want to do outside and it starts raining. What are you going to do? You're going to be mad at the rain? You're going to be mad because you couldn't do whatever it is you wanted to do outside? No. What's the point? All that is is just energy being misplaced, energy being misused. You can take that anger energy or that agitated energy and you can apply it into something else in your life and just realize, okay, well, I can't control the weather. So what am I going to do instead? How am I going to make the most out of this? Right. In the last episode, we talked about failure and how failing sometimes shows you different ways to do things or gives you a different outlook on whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish. So whenever you're getting into cooking or getting into anything new in your life, Start simple, start small. If you're somebody who's wanting to do breakfast, right? Like if if you think about if you're starting a cooking journey and if there's a particular area you want to focus on, okay? Now we could get into fancy knife skills and chef terms and which veggies go where and how in the history of certain meals. And we will break down a lot of this in future episodes, but when you are starting, it can feel like overwhelming, 
Like there's so much information out there in the cooking realm specifically, not talking about things like sports realms and wellness and fitness and mental health and finances and all of this stuff. I mean, sometimes it can just feel so overwhelming. But if you just start small, start simple and use that as a catalyst to continue to move forward, it can help not feel so daunting and know that you have the capability to accomplish the bigger things once you've accomplished the small and simple things. So if you are somebody who's really busy, starting with slow cooker meals, freezer-friendly meals, meal prepping will work for you specifically. And we are going to do kind of like a little segment They're not segment, but like series of meal prepping and meal planning. There's so many different ways that you can start simple and start small and eventually go into the bigger realm of stuff. And like dad says, overanalysis leads to paralysis. Thank you so much for joining me today at the table. I'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to Taylor's Table, a production of Boss Pods Network, a division of Glades Media Radio Group. We hope you'll join us during the next episode of Taylor's Table. Feel free to email Taylor at gladesmedia.com if you have any questions or recipes you'd like for us to share on the show. 